Supreme Court victories for Christians, potential jail time, and a $10,000 fine for misgendering someone in Michigan? The dark world of government-controlled central bank digital currencies. We will discuss these and many other topics from a prophetic perspective, all while taking your calls on this open line edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Now, I will be taking your calls, 1-877-363-8463. There's so much to talk about in the news today. And why, why are we concerned? I mean, why not just live our lives? Why not just try to make as much money as we can try to live the best life we can, try to buy the biggest home we can get, the biggest car, truck, the biggest boat, go on continuous vacations. Why do we take time every day to study these things, to see what's going on in the news, to see how close we are to the second coming of Jesus Christ, to try to help as many people prepare for the second coming? Why do we care, right? Well, if you understand the Bible, if you believe the Bible at all, you know that when Adam and Eve were here, that they sinned. They disobeyed God. They chose to disobey God. And of their own free will, don't blame Satan. They chose of their own free will to disobey God. And when they disobeyed God, we entered into what's called the law of sin and death. What is that? It says the soul that sinned, it must die. Everybody in the human race entered into that law. But God did not want us to die. So Almighty God robed Himself in flesh, came, lived, preached, taught, lived a perfect life, had never sinned, but yet He was put on a cross. He died, He was buried, and He rose again three days later to purchase a plan of salvation and to restore sonship. When Adam and Eve sinned, they lost their sonship. Adam and Eve were sons of God. And throughout the Old Testament, other than the angels, there were no human sons of God. They lost their sonship. And Jesus Christ came to purchase a plan of salvation on Calvary and to restore sonship. Now, Anyone that's born again can be a son of God. And so that happened when Jesus Christ came the first time. But guess what? In Acts chapter 1, after he had risen from the dead and showed himself to many with infallible proofs, at one point to 500 people at one time, that he did in fact raise from the dead, he took his disciples out to the Mount of Olives. He blessed them. He gave them, them some instruction. He said, don't go back in Jerusalem, or don't go back up to Galilee. You tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And the Bible says that as they stood there looking at him, he started to rise up from the ground. 
And he kept on going up until the clouds consumed him. And they're staring up in the sky like, where, where did he go? And the Bible says, there were two men in white apparel that were standing there with them. And they said, why do you guys standing, stand here looking up after him? He's coming back in just the same manner as you've seen him go. And it's a prophecy about the second coming of Jesus Christ, the second coming of the Messiah. So he purchased a plan of salvation at the first coming so that we could go to be with him when he comes back the second time. And so that's what we're watching for. We're watching for the soon return of Jesus Christ. And everybody that has made themselves ready, they will go to be with him. It's called the rapture, the second coming of Jesus Christ. He will come back, gather his saints from him, to him. The dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And so in the Bible, it gives us events. I mean a long timeline of events of things that will happen leading up to and just beyond the second coming. There's about a thousand prophecies close to it concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ and things that will transpire immediately thereafter. And so a big majority of those prophecies have already come to pass. And so now we, you say, well, how are we going to know? Nobody can understand the prophecies, right? I hear that all the time. However, Daniel was looking to understand his writings. And the Lord said, no, Daniel, close up and seal your book because it is for the people of the time of the end. None of the apostles could understand Daniel's writing. They asked the Lord in, in Acts chapter 1, will you at this time restore your kingdom? They didn't have a clue about the timing of all of this. They understood some prophecies that, hey, he's going to come back at a, as a conquering king. But they did not understand the timing of any of it, and they, none of them understood the writings of Daniel. They couldn't. And so uh, the modern nations and all the different things that would happen, this Antichrist, and uh, like... Um, Daniel chapter 11 and some of the other verses, they couldn't understand all that kind of stuff. So, they, the Lord said, Daniel, close up and seal your book. It's for the people of the time of the end. Well, now, here we are. We understand about the modern nations of the Bible. We understand the clues about the Antichrist that Daniel gave and all these different prophecies, and we're living through much of that. And Zechariah and Isaiah and Ezekiel and... Uh, the book of Revelation and Matthew and, you know, Peter and Second uh, Thessalonians and First Thessalonians and many of these, we're living through these things. We're just prior to the rapture. And so, yes, we follow these things. First Thessalonians 5, 1 through 8, the Apostle Paul said, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. You guys aren't going to understand anyway. For yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. The Apostle Paul was preaching that. There's no sense that I'm telling you about all these, uh, some of these different prophecies and when the Lord's going to come back and all these different things because you guys aren't going to understand. So he said, there's really no need. He says right here, there's no need that I write unto you about these things. He says that in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1. But then he turns right around and he says, For when they, say, that when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So, in the end time, 
there will be people that the Lord will come as a thief in the night. People who are not watching. People who are oblivious to the prophecies of the Bible that don't follow the Bible at all. The Lord will come as a thief in the night for most of the people on the earth. But I'm telling you what, folks, there will be a portion of people that are going to be ready, they're going to be sober, they're going to be watching. And the Bible says that day will not come up on them as a thief. And so we'll talk more about it when we get back from the break and we'll take some calls. 1-877-363-8463. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500 year old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One third of humanity Die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now available for pre-order at endtime.com slash ABC. Go to endtime.com slash ABC or call 800 endtime Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. And again, I'll be taking your calls. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. And I, I, I want to announce um, that we're going to be going back to Israel in October, October 4th through the 15th. We've already got a lot of people signed up to go on the tour with us, but we do have a few spots left. And my wife has to ticket in August. And now here we are. Let's see, what's July? I think July 1st is tomorrow. Today's the 30th. Yes. So we're going to have to get, um, if you want to get in on it, you're going to have to start, you know, call in and get signed up because she's going to be ticketing here uh, in another month or so. And it's going to go quick. It does all, every time. Everybody calls right the last day and say, hey, can you still get me in? Um, but I wouldn't leave it to chance like that because there's been some where we've had to say, you know what? We, we, it's too late. We've already ticketed. And, you know, so we don't want to get into that if you want to go with us. Um, so the weather's going to be great over there. And looking forward to having another great trip. The last two we have went on have been fabulous. Fabulous times of, 
of uh, refreshing and, and just feeling the presence of God and going to see all the different sites in Israel and wonderful baptisms and uh, very um, spirited worship out on the, the Sea of Galilee. And I mean, it's just an awesome time. So if you've ever wanted to go, uh, join us on the next trip. It's not just a sightseeing venture. That's not what our trips are. We'll go to the college. We'll have teaching. Um, we'll be teaching at night. We'll be doing a lot of different things. We'll cram a lot of stuff in every single day. And so it's not, I've, I've heard of a, a lot of Israel tours being announced on the radio and different things of um, news people and different things. Go to Israel with us and see all the sites. It is so much more to us than just seeing the sites. We do see all that stuff, but it's, I, I tell everybody on our buses, listen, it is Israel, when you, 25 years from now, I, I, I first went in 99, and I've been, I don't know, 15 or 20 times since probably. But I, and I have great friends from the first trip we've ever went on. But when we all get together, people will come down here to Dallas and see us, and we'll go grab a bite to eat or something, and we'll be sitting around talking, and we'll say, remember that Israel trip? Yeah. Man, that, spirit, that baptism that we had, or that time in the upper room, or at the tomb, or out on the Jesus boat. I mean, it's the spiritual experiences we talk about every time. And so the sights are awesome. But man, the spiritual experiences that we've had, it, it has been just fabulous. And so if you'd like to go on that, um, call in here 1-800-363-8463. Talk to my wife, Jana, or talk to Brittany Motes, and they can get you signed up. We'll get you ticketed, and we'll be ready to go coming up here in uh, October. And I'm telling you, it's going to be here very quickly. I mean, we're, you, all, you all realize we're halfway through the year. How did that happen? We just started in January, right? I mean, it seems like we just started, uh, but time is moving so fast. Um, so, the, I was telling you a scenario here about the, um, yourselves know perfectly the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Why do we study all these things? Because the Apostle Paul, after he says that to them, he then starts talking to us and he says, But you, brethren, this is uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 4, You, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You say, hold on a minute, we, there, there's no way, we're not supposed to be able to um, know the day or the hour or uh, to be able to discern the times or to, to know the prophecies. Oh, come on. Yes, absolutely we will. And I, I may not be able to give you the minute, but if, you're, if we're watching and we're discerning the times and we understand the prophecies, we can know about the season. And so the Bible says, that the Apostle Paul said, You, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day would overtake you as a thief. You're children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night or the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. End Time Ministries is watching and we're being sober about the times that we're living in and the ones that we will go through just ahead. We're doing exactly what the Apostle Paul said. He said, For they that sleep, they're going to sleep in the night. The ones, the people that aren't paying attention to this stuff, the Lord will come up on him as a thief in the night. The Apostle Paul said, For them that are drunken, they're drunken in the night, but let us who are of the day, the ones who that, who that will not come under, um, let us who are of the day be sober, put it, putting on the breastplate of faith, of love, and for an helmet and a hope of salvation. So there you go, folks. We are, there are people who will be able to understand the prophecies 
and they'll be able to look forward and say, okay, here's what we're going through right now. Look at what the Bible says. Here's what's coming up just ahead of us. There's uh, a, a World War III. There's a, a, a world government. There's a world religion. Um, there's a precursors of the mark of the beast. There's a, a, a great end time revival. There are many, many, many events that are coming just ahead of us. There's going to be a rebuilding of a third temple. They're going to resume sacrifices. There's going to come a time when the sacrifices will be uh, made cease by an Antichrist figure, uh, the most powerful political leader from Europe. There is going to be a, a war in heaven. Satan's going to be bound to the earth. They're going to um, sign a peace agreement in the Middle East that starts the final seven years. There's many, many things that are going to happen. Look at all these precursors leading up, us up to this global economic sanctioning system. A world religion is going to be established. Don't be part of that world religion. Why do we preach about that so much? Because there are people that I know, listen to me, that I know personally, friends that I grew up with, that were raised in a true Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church that have somehow got off track and have been sucked up into this huge vacuum of this world religious system that's being um, established to where they could say people would be saved that are not. I've ha I have friends that I grew up with and that went to church camp with that could do that right now. Not going to call any names, but I'm just telling you, this is very real, the things that are happening. We don't do this radio program just because we need something else to do. We do this because the Bible is coming to pass. All these prophecies are coming to pass right before our very eyes. And we've got to warn people. The Bible says, watch and be sober. That's what we're doing here today, folks. Because I want to make sure that you do not go down the road of, well, I just simply don't know what's coming. No. That's not our job. The Bible says during the time of the Antichrist, uh, this would be um, Daniel 11, 32 and 33, that they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. You have to have people in your life that will tell you the truth. This is such a big thing. Is because I, I watch so many videos that everybody's sending me and I read articles and I'm reading books and I'm, I'm just consuming information. And I see people that are preaching, but they're scared to death to talk about sin because they're afraid they'll offend somebody and they won't come to my church anymore. I, I, I offended them because I talked about a sin that they're doing. Or don't talk about hell, eternal fire and damnation, the lake of fire and brimstone. Don't, don't, don't talk about that because some people nowadays don't want to hear that and so I can't talk about that because I may offend somebody and they may leave my church. Or don't talk about um, you know, uh, uh, holiness or, or anything like that. Uh, living a holy life, uh, you know, uh, no, no, you know, not adulterous situation, not any kind of anything. I mean, sin, period. It's a thing that's almost have, has become taboo in some churches. Oh, can't talk about sin. Let's just talk about feel good, uh, get along with everybody, uh, love each other, which is, there's nothing wrong with any of that. But, folks, this is the church. We're going to deal with hurting people. 
We're going to deal with people that are living all kinds of lifestyles. We're going to deal with people that are committing all kinds of sins. And you've got to love people. But you've also got to preach the Bible and say, look, I want to prepare you for the second coming of Jesus Christ. When he's going to come back to gather his saints unto him. But you can't live certain ways and, and, and meet him. It doesn't, it, it's that stuff that's not going to work. And so you guys have to have, we all do, I need in my life. Thank God I had a man named Irvin Baxter. Many of you would know him. Thank God I was raised in his church. And he would preach on hell. He loved us, and I knew he loved us. But there were times when God would move, he would go to the prayer room, he would come in there, and we knew he had, you know, you guys remember the old time where they had one of those messages where you could look at your pastor and you would say, oh no. I would look at my wife or uh, back in the day when we were growing up, but when we, once I got married, I would look at my wife and say, oh man, your dad's got one of those messages tonight. Or she would look at me and say, oh man, my dad's got a message on hell or, you know, something. We just knew it. I knew by looking at him. He had a certain look on his face and he just, he, you know, he didn't really want to get into the service. He was just kind of real somber. And I mean, I, I knew it. I could tell. I've been raised in his church since I was nine years old. I knew when one of those messages was coming. You know what I'm talking about if you've been raised in church as a kid. And I was like, man, I'd rather be any place else on the planet than here tonight. But I knew that if I, hey, if God wants to speak to somebody, I need him to speak to me. If I'm doing something I shouldn't, if I've got off track a little bit, preacher, get me back on track. I want to be saved. Preach to me. If, if, if I've let something come into my mind that, I should, that shouldn't be there, and I have let, you know, just something um, cloud my mind where I'm doing something, I, I, I don't even know it. But you can see it, preacher, or God's seen it and shown a, a God-called man of God who went to a prayer room, got a message. He's not given a speech, but he's given a message from God. There is a big difference in standing in a pulpit and giving a speech and standing in a pulpit and delivering a, a, a message from God that you got in a red-hot prayer meeting somewhere. Oh, come on, everybody. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. And I've sat through a lot of speeches, but I've also sat through some messages that I will never, ever, ever forget. There's a gentleman named um, J.T. Pugh. His last name is spelled P-U-G-H, J.T. Pugh. He preached a message one time, your first night in hell. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Never. And, oh man, he was running across the platform and screaming and like he was pulling his hair out. And I mean, I was bawling. I, I, I just, it, it affected me so much. And you know what? It made me never want to go there. And I don't serve God because I don't want to go to hell. That's part of it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't want to go to hell. And, but I serve God because I love Him. But in the beginning, the Bible says some are saved by compassion, some are saved by fear. In the beginning, my I'll be honest with you, I went to the altar because I was scared. I went up and prayed and got baptized and, 
and my father-in-law was there and he preached one of them scary messages and I mean, I was like, wow. And it scared me to death and I, and I, and I got saved. But now I've fallen in love with Jesus Christ and it's a whole different ball game. But people that won't teach on hell and different things, you know, you're do, it's a disservice to the congregation. I'm just being honest. Jesus Christ preached and taught on hell more than any other preacher in the Bible because he knows how bad it was. It is. And so um, I, I'm, doing some, I'm doing a study on hell. And, you know, will people go there at the time of the second coming? Some people have said no. We're, people just go to the grave all the way to the great white throne. But I'm not so sure that that's the case. I'm building a case right now that, and I'm not done, but I'm pretty, pretty well convinced that there will be people that go at the time of the rapture and the second coming. I know the Antichrist and the false prophet will. Revelation 19.20, people will go there. You say, Dave, why are you talking about this? Because there are so many people that are, they're scared to teach the truth anymore. They're scared to talk about sin. I, I, did a, um, I did an interview with a gentleman last Friday. It's going to play next week. The, the guys are editing it right now. Well, I tried to do it so I could do it as, a, as a, just like a regular Zoom radio program, but the, the Zoom wouldn't work. He couldn't get his, he didn't have a good enough internet connection. The Zoom wouldn't work, so we had to do an audio. So the whole thing, we had to, you know, um, stop and do an audio and so the guys had to, to uh, edit it and so it'll play next week. But this is a gentleman who was um, saved as a, a young man. He was molested as a five, six, seven year old. Some guy in a church molested him and never told anybody. He went to a camp meeting when he was 15, a church camp meeting. Some lady came up and prayed for him. He had never told anybody. Some lady came up and prayed for him and said, I know what happened to you, and God showed me the guy's face. He had never told anybody, and he just started bawling. God saved him, and, but he backslid. Went in, at 18 years old, he went back into a, he went into a lifestyle from 18 for 25 years. He lived in the LGBTQ lifestyle. He just recently has come out of that as a result of somebody. He went to a conference and some lady taught him a Bible study. I won't tell you the whole thing, but some lady taught him a Bible study. He came out of that lifestyle and he is winning people to God out of that community, the LGBTQ community that are coming into church in droves because somebody was willing to go to him and say, this is wrong, you can't live like this and taught him a Bible study and he came out of it. And that interview is going to play next week. I, I can't wait for you guys to hear it because what a, a testimony to the delivering power of Jesus Christ. But sometimes you got to love somebody enough to talk to them about some of these things. So, man, it's very, very important, especially in these end times. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God.
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Welcome back, everybody. Again, uh, I'm taking your calls, 1-877-363-8463. Um, I want to read something to you. And I know I'm just kind of talking here a little bit, but I want to read something from Romans 1.18. This stuff's been on my heart lately and in dealing with so many people from all walks of life, from churches, pastors to evangelists, apostles, prophets, teachers, I mean, you name it, and I deal with everybody. I'm in churches all across the United States every year um, and just dealing with so many people from all walks of life, from somebody who lives under the bridge, doesn't have any place to live, we have them laying periodically on our sidewalks outside end time. We'll come up that morning and somebody's laying there. They slept there all night. To, some, to people who are multi, multi, multi millionaires. I deal with everybody in between. I love them all. My goal is just to try to get, to every, get everybody to heaven. I don't, I don't want your money. I don't want, I mean, it takes money to fund the ministry and that's, that's all we're trying to do is to make sure we help people get to heaven. But when we talk about some of these issues, like the wrath of God, I, do lo I love talking about the love of God and the mercy and grace and the kindness and gentleness and meekness and all the attributes that is God. God is love. His mercy endures forever. I totally agree with that. But the Bible also talks about the wrath of God. But nobody wants to talk about it. I don't remember in my life, other than Irvin Baxter, somebody talking about the wrath of God. And so, uh, uh, because we, I talk about it all the time because we're prophecy. We have to, but I want to read you something here. This is very important because there will come a time on Judgment Day. You know, uh, uh, the, the great white throne judgment, a lot of people don't like to talk about that. But listen at this, Romans 1.18. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which, that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world 
are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. A lot of people would say, well, I just don't believe in God. I, I, don't, I, I either don't believe in God or I really don't know if I believe in Him or not. That's one of the new things right now. I, don't, I just don't know. You know, I don't know if there's a God. I've never seen Him, so I don't know. But the Bible says the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world, they're clearly seen. Look at history. Look at everything that has happened. Look at the world itself. It's easy to see that there's a God. If you're being honest, and if you will be, if you'll just, just be truthful with yourself. There's no way the Big Bang Theory happened and that evolution and we came from these little amoebas that jumped out on the beach and, you know, just evolved into two pair of lungs and two legs and two eyes and a tongue and a mouth and a, a brain and we just, you know, got to where we're at now. Come on, everybody. We all know better than that. It's easy to see that we were created. This earth was created. It's held in store by a very large being, an eternal being. God. And the Bible says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world, they're clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We're all going to face Him someday, folks. And I've got to have make sure that I am ready to go. And that's the main thing in all of this. When we talk about World government, world religion, precursors of the mark of the beast, all of these different things that are happening right now as we speak, these are, the supposed to, these are the things that are supposed to be in place at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, folks. Remember the Apostle Paul said, you're not of the night that that day would take you unaware. You're children of the day. So watch and be sober. That's what we're doing here today. Okay, uh, going straight to the phones. Melody in Missouri. God bless Melody. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to see what you know about firmament. It's mentioned in Genesis, and again, it's also mentioned in Psalms. What is the firmament? Yeah, so let's just bring in everybody in on our conversation here. We're talking about uh, Genesis chapter 1, and uh, let's just read down through here real quick, Melody. In the beginning, okay. God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And the evening and the morning was the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Now, so the question is, what is the firmament? I do not claim to know everything about the firmament, okay? I'm not a big, I, I, I don't know exactly what that was. Um, a lot of people just say an expanse um, or considered uh, by the Hebrews as a solid and supporting waters of the of above. Um, uh -huh. So I don't know for sure if I know what the firmament is. It's not a question that I have an exact answer for. I could do some research and find out, but I don't oh. claim to know the answer to that specifically. 
Um, so okay. I, 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 I got to apologize, but I simply don't oh, know the answer to that. Oh, please don't apologize. You're a wealth of information. Don't feel that yeah. no apology necessary. Yeah, it, it I mean, it threw me a little bit, and I just thought, well, maybe you can kind of shine some light on. You know, they, there's all the theories out there. Well, the Earth isn't really round; it's flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm very familiar with that. Um, and if you look, if you're watching me on the online right now, there's an er, a globe behind me that's spinning continuously, uh, and that that proves conclusively the Earth is round. <laughs> but no, no, no. The Bible talks about the circle of the Earth, and so I'm I uh, which in other and also the sphere, and uh, that circle there meaning uh, to, in some places sphere which would be like a globe. However, right. um, don't necessarily believe in a flat earth. Um, but yeah, I have a hard time with that one. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think there may be a, some people have a definition of the firmament. I don't claim to have an exact definition for that. Don't know for sure. Uh, I'd be willing to do some research, but at this point, right off the top of my head, I don't know. Well, no, you've been very helpful. I, I certainly can't expect you to know 100% of everything. What you, what you already know and are aware of is extremely impressive. So no apologies. I thank you for taking my call and hope yeah. you have a blessed day. I tell you what I'll do for you, Melody. I will, okay. I'll do some research and get a little better grasp on that, and then we'll, I'll mention it next week on the radio, okay? That sounds great. We listen every day. All right. Well, thank you very much, Fantastic. and God bless you all. I thank you, and God bless you. All thank right. you. Bye-bye. Let's go to Mitch in Indiana. God bless Mitch. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey, hey, Dave. How this you doing, Mitch. my friend? Um, I'm doing really good. Work today and it's hot out and that's good. We got rain, so that's good for the crop. All right, I heard that. I yeah. understand them crops in Indiana. I was born and raised in Indiana, boy, so I've, I've man, I've, I've bailed more hay. Home, I could fill up this studio several times with all the hay I bailed. Yeah, you can't beat Knox County watermelon, though, man. I'm telling you what. No, you can't beat Indiana tomatoes and corn. Yeah, you're right. The Amen. Sweet corn. Yeah, man, it's good. But you can't beat Texas smoked brisket, either. I never had it, man. My mom <laughs> told me never to go to Texas. It's worth My the mom, trip, brother, I'm telling you. I hear you. Anyway, what you got? Well, I was a Jerusalem Prophecy College student. I took the first five courses, and um, yeah. I just wanted to tell you, man, I was in the hospital in 2019, and I broke my ankle. And I, Donald Trump was at a Holocaust thing. Yeah. And Emmanuel Macron, he kissed Trump. I, it looked like he was, like, it was weird. And I was like, that's him. That's him. I know it's him. And that's all I really wanted to say is that I'm 100% positive that Emmanuel Macron is going to be the Antichrist. Okay. Um, I, I, so could he be a candidate? Absolutely. Um, could yeah, I no. say a hundred percent? I don't know if I'd be willing to go there yet. Yeah, you're right. Um, but absolutely a candidate. I mean, with everything he's doing uh, with the European, um, European you know, Union. Yeah, well, not right, but with the European Union, but all of the detailed things he's doing with the European Union and calling for a global tax for climate change and all these different things um, certainly would be probably in my top ten. But yeah. um, can I say for sure, not at this point, because yeah. uh, we're still a few years off before he would be revealed. He's revealed at the time when the, the, they'll have to have the third temple rebuilt. The Antichrist will stand yeah. in to rebuild Jewish temple. Once that happens, then the Bible says he's revealed. Up until that yeah. point, it's just purely speculation on my part. I know. You're right. Yeah. Trust me, I'll follow your program. I've heard all that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching probably, I got the Holy Ghost on June 12, 2016. Oh, come on. And... 
I walked with the Lord for about three and a half years before that. It was the Lord's doing great things here in Vincennes, Indiana. Um, Vincennes, we're having revival Um, every day. So, who do you go to? uh, Whose church you go to? Well, there's two different ones I go to right now. I go to New Heart. It's on the corner of Twelfth and Broadway. And Brother Alex Rudolph is a great pastor. Okay. And then I go to New Life Holy Cathedral, which is right across from our police station, and that's a Pentecostal church. Who's Um, the pastor? Anton Howard. Anton Howard. Who do I, who Anton did I know? Anton Howard. I, me and him to went to college together. We took psychology classes together at Vincent's University. Okay. But, well, I know a, yeah, I know I a lot of pastors from Indiana, and uh, man, I used to know who was in Vincent's, but I don't know either of those guys. So. You might you might know the ones where I got born again at Calvary Apostolic Pentecostal Church in Lawrenceville, Illinois. Brother Jason Donaldson and Michael Payne and Clint Crossan and. Jamie Bice, and yeah. yeah, they well, have some really good preachers over there at oh, Calvary. Yeah. yeah, there's good good preachers everywhere. I got a lot of good friends I, in, in every state, but... Um, yeah, yeah, you do, very yeah, important. for sure, you do, for sure. Well, but, um, I was just letting you know that what I thought about that, and I've been watching your show for so long, and the other day, God's like, you should call him, and so yeah. I did. Well, I appreciate... My name is Mitchell. I appreciate that information, my friend, and uh, we'll yep. keep tabs I'll on it. I'll call you again. I'll All call right. you again in the future. God bless you, Dave. Right. I'll God. pray for you and your family, always. Thank you, my friend. God bless yep. you, and you have a great day and a great Good. weekend. Let's you go too, to um, Pat in New Hampshire. God bless Pat. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello, Pat. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm doing tremendous. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm curious about something. In Revelation chapter 7, verse Mm 4, it mentions the 144,000. Yes. Who are they and what are they about? The 144,000 are a remnant of Jews that will be saved in the end time. And they're also part of the end time Jewish-Gentile church mixed. And because the, the original church was Jewish-Gentile mixed as well. There were Jews, but there were also Romans. and um, that, So there were Jewish-Gentile church mixed. The end-time church will be a Jewish-Gentile church mixed. The way I know that is because in, from Revelation 7, verse 1 through 8, it talks about the 144,000, a remnant of Jews that will be saved. But then John in uh, Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 says, then I, and these were in heaven, but he says, then I turned and looked and there was a multitude no man could number out of every kindred people, tongue and nation. And so <clears throat> that came out of the great tribulation. So the 144,000 are simply a, a, a symbolic picture of the, a remnant of Jews that will be saved in the end time and they will be part of a Jewish Gentile church in the end. God bless you, and thank you for the call. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. 
Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Okay, um, Pat, are you still with me? Okay, I didn't know if Pat was still there or not. Uh, so, Pat, I did, didn't mean to cut you off there. I kind of, that time got away from me. I didn't know about the break coming up. But um, uh, let me continue just really quickly. They, the Bible says, in, if you go to Revelation 7, 1 through 8, it mentions a remnant of Jews that are saved, a symbolic number of 144,000. But then, if you go to Revelation chapter 14, Verse 1, the Bible says, I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. The reason I'm reading this is because I said they're going to be part of the Jewish Gentile church mixed. So it says it had the, his fa the father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder, voice of harpers um, harping, with their harps, and they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders, and no one could sing that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. So to be redeemed, you have to be born again. That's part of the New Testament plan of salvation. So these were redeemed, and the Bible says, uh, Revelation 14, 4, These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. The Bible likens a ch the true church of Jesus Christ unto a virgin. The Apostle Paul said, I, prevent, I present you as a chaste virgin unto Christ. So the true church of Jesus Christ is um, depicted as a virgin. The false church or the compromised church of the end time world religious system that will be ran by the false prophet, that's depicted as a harlot, a compromised individual. And so the Bible says that um, these are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgin. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed. There that word redeemed is from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and unto the Lamb. So it's simply a picture of the um, end time Jewish remnant and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ who would be the church. That's why Revelation 7 is so important because it gives a depiction of Jews and Gentiles, every kindred people, tongue, and nation that were there together um, and letting us know that this, they will all be part of the church in the end time. And there are many more ways to prove that. I don't really have time to go into that today, but that's what the 144,000 there. Again, I do apologize for cutting you off, Pat, uh, right there at the break. I should have had you hold over, but the, the break come up on me pretty quick there. Um, so I have one more question here. What are the three days of darkness in Exodus 4? Let's go back there real quick. Um, so I think it's talking about uh, during the ten plagues, but let me make sure here. Give me just a second here, everybody. I do apologize. 
I should have this stuff at the tip of my fingertips, but um, I'm not sure that that's exactly, maybe this is another story. Give me just a second here. I tell you what, um, I don't have it at the tip of my fingertips here, so I'm going to have to look that one up and uh, get back with you. And uh, I'll have to look it up. I don't have the answer to that right off the top of my head. Um, so you got, there's two questions here today I didn't have the answer for. And again, I don't claim to know everything, so I'll look it up and I will get with you um, but I don't have the answer to that right off the top of my head. So I do apologize for that. Um, but let me get off into and and I'll, I'll, get, I'll mention it next week. I'll find out what it is, but at this point, don't have the answer. Let me get off into a couple news articles here very quickly uh, before the end of the program because I mentioned them in the early part. The, um, when we talk about, the Bible says... Luke 17, 29 through 30. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, and it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So we know that it's going to be, there's going to be a prominent, um, you know, per promiscuous sins will permeate society in the end time. Well, we need some, we need some victories as Christians, right? From the Supreme Court. We have victory every day in Jesus Christ, but... We need some victories from the Supreme Court. Well, listen at this. The Federalist reported, in a landmark free speech decision, the Supreme Court just ruled that the government can't force Americans, cannot force Americans, like Lori Smith, to violate her religious beliefs. The government cannot force Americans, like Colorado graphic artist Lori Smith, to affirm beliefs that she does not hold, and the Supreme Court ruled this in a 6-3 decision earlier today. The First Amendment's protections belong to all, not just to speakers whose motives the government finds worthy. Activists have tried for years to weaponize Colorado's sweeping anti-discrimination laws. You've heard, you remember um, to punish people like Smith, and you remember uh, what's the masterpiece cake shop artist uh, Jack Phillips, because they didn't want Jack Phillips was uh, he owned a cake shop. And he made cakes and desserts and all kinds of different things like that. Well, people would, a couple guys came in and said, can you make us a wedding cake? Or can you make a wedding cake? He made wedding cakes for all kinds of people. But they said, we want you to make us one that says, I can't remember their names, but let's say, uh, congratulations, John and Jim. And so he said, no, I can't do that. He had been, he had been serving many of these clients for years. He served... Uh, cupcakes and all kinds of stuff. And he made cakes for people. But when somebody come in and said, can you make us a cake recognizing our same-sex wedding? He said, I can't do that because that violates my Christian beliefs. That would be like you going into a Christian church or somebody, and, and somebody who owns a business, and say, um, can you create, uh, somebody that makes shirts, and, you, and they're a Christian, and they, you said, can you make me a shirt that says, I love Satan and I will worship him till I die? Well, the Christian guy is going to say, no, I can't make that shirt. Well, it's just like that kind of, you can't, you can't violate my religious beliefs. Well, same way with this cake baker. He said, no, I can't do that. And so they used anti-discrimination laws to just hammer him. Well, there was a lady who 
created websites to promote different things. And some people came to her wanting her to promote some LGBTQ paraphernalia and different things. And she said, and some lifestyles. And she said, I can't do that. Oh man, they just got all up in arms. Anti-discrimination, they said. Well, the Supreme, it, all, it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And they just ruled this morning that you cannot sue her. She cannot be made to go against her religious conviction. It's a huge win for Christians at the Supreme Court. And this could be a precedence that could be used for many court cases all across the land for Christians. Justice Neil Gorsuch, he affirmed in the court's majority opinion that the government cannot force Smith, the lady who made the websites, to make wedding websites celebrating same-sex couples because it would violate her constitutional right to exercise her Christian belief that marriage is between a man and a woman. And um, just as the Christian baker Jack Phillips, Smith did not deny members of her community websites because they were attracted, who they were attracted to, but she rejected the idea that the government could compel her to affirm beliefs that were completely contradictory to her own form of speech. And so it's very important we understand. Huge victory for Christians at the Supreme Court this morning. Another article. The town hall, in a unanimous decision, the Supreme Court of the United States strengthens religious freedom protection. The Supreme Court yesterday ruled unanimously in favor of a Christian postal worker who refused to work Sundays because of his faith. They wanted him to start delivering um, Amazon packages on Sunday. He said, I can't do that. In his mind, he was observing um, a Sunday Sabbath, and so he said, I can't do that. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, no, you don't have to do it. And so it's, these, these are two big um, victories for Christians. Also, this is something I wanted to tell you guys about. Listen at this. This was from Fox News. The Michigan House passes a bill making wrong pronouns. So in other words, a man who decides he's a woman and says, well, hey, I believe I'm a woman. Then he wants everybody to start calling him she or her. Okay, so the pronouns. They're saying that there's a bill that just passed the House in Michigan that the bill is making, um, that making wrong pronouns a felony. And it would be finable, finable up to $10,000. It passed the House. So, recently passed bill in Michigan would make it a felony to intimidate someone by using the wrong gender pronouns. To intimidate them. By, if I'm a, a guy that says he's a woman, if you don't call him, he was born a he, if you don't call him a she or a her or ma'am, then you're intimidating under this law. Michigan State House of Representatives passed a bill, HB 4474, piece of legislation that criminalizes causing someone to feel threatened by words. Under the new bill, offenders, now get this, they're guilty of a felony punishable by imprisonment for not more than, get this everybody, this is the United States of America, for not imprisonment for not more than five years 
or by fine of not more than $10,000. The State House of Representatives passed the bill that would make it a felony to use someone's preferred pronouns in a way that intimidates them. Intimidate means a willful course of conduct involving repeated or continuing harassment of another individual that would cause a reasonable individual to feel terrorized, calling a he a she, uh, or in other words, he, he this dude wants to be called a, a she. And if you call him a he, he could feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened. And that actually causes the victim to feel, um, and, and that's what the bill is all about. So the bill specifically addresses sexual orientation and gender identity or expression as protected classes. And so, according to the bill, gender identity or expression means having or being perceived as having a gender-related self-identity or expression whether or not associated with the individual's assigned sex or birth. So it's a guy that thinks he's a woman and he wants you to call him a she. If you call him a he, he could think you're terrorizing him. So, of course, critics of the bill, are they're saying that it's violating the First Amendment by compelling speech and outlawing basic expression of traditional scientific views of sex and gender. If approved by the Senate, it's headed to the Senate, if approved by the Senate, it's going to be sent for approval to Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who is expected to sign it. Now, again, if it goes into law, it could be up to five years in prison and a $10,000 fine, everybody. Wow. The United States of America. I thought that stuff was just in China or in Iran or someplace like that. Not here in the United States. But wow. We're going there pretty quick, aren't we? So, just wanted you to be aware of some of these things. I apologize for not having the answer to the two questions. I will get the answer to those questions. And I will mention them next week. God bless. You guys have a great weekend. In Jesus' name.